It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And thank you so much for joining us today. I think we're finally somewhat well. Do we sound better today? (laughs) It was me like two weeks ago, actually for like three episodes, I think, that I had a raspy voice and then you last week. Me last week. I lost my stinky shoes voice as we talked about last week. We did. Did we talk about that on the episode? No, we didn't. We talked about it behind the scenes. So if you don't know that, you've got to listen or watch that Friends episode with with Phoebe. It's so funny, but I kept thinking and singing that song last week. We did. We kept singing it over and over again. So Erin asked me the other day, why didn't we talk about Christmas on our episode (laughs) that released last week? And I was like, well, I don't know. I guess because it was a week after Christmas and we just And we recorded a few days before. So we actually recorded our Christmas episode before Christmas. So we couldn't couldn't talk talk about about it it. then. And then once we could talk about it, it was kind of like it's been a week after Christmas. So (laughs) So now it's two weeks after. So now it's two weeks after. But what what was some things you got that you really enjoyed this year? Um, I got a lot of good stuff. You know, just I had a list going that I always send my mom, you know. So um, I got Mm -hmm. some, you know, I got like three pairs of shoes and – Oh, I know one thing was I had asked for a heated vest. Okay. One of those that yeah. you like that has the battery pack because yeah. once baseball season starts, it is still it's cold, cold and yeah. everybody has one of those now. So I wanted one. So I did get that. Um, and then Derek got me a facial. So I'm looking oh, nice. forward. I haven't oh, used, you it, haven't yet. used it yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to finally using that. That'll be so, nice. Yeah. How about you? Um, mom always gets great stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have a list for her. Yeah. <laughs> we get spoiled everywhere because mom spoils at me and then Aaron's mom does really good. So I got a lot of good stuff um, from both of them. But I guess probably my biggest thing, Aaron surprised me with diamond hoops. Oh, nice. This year. Yeah. He, he got me a couple other things. He was listening to the podcast I guess so. I was and like, heard he must to get you some earrings, right? <laughs> I was like, I guess so. I wanted to ask him, but I didn't. I was like, did you get a hint from the... I didn't even mean to drop a hint, <laughs> but if I did, cool. Um, so yeah, that was cool. He had me one gift in a big black trash bag. That's funny. And I was like, what in the world is this? And it was a chair, one of them chairs that rock, you know, oh, that yeah. you can take to the ball games and stuff. They've yes. got like the little... They look like they got shocks on them. Yeah. Yep. So I got one of those because I always have these old cheap little chairs that I take out. He was like, well, I know you need one for the games and stuff. I was like, oh, cool. And then he surprised me with earrings. So that was cool. Um, So it was a good Christmas besides everybody being sick. It was weird. It was a weird Christmas because everybody was sick. So we didn't get to celebrate. Finally got well, like right Right around Christmas. Yeah. So we were able to celebrate with everybody. Um, Got to spend some time with Derek's family and we had a great time with them. And that's so it was really good. Good Yeah. Ended ended it up being good. And I was really worried, you know, leading up to it that we weren't going to get to uh, go celebrate like we wanted to, but. That's how we, we got sick like day before. So that was great. But yeah, 
it ended up being okay. Now I think everybody's on the mend, but... Good, good. Well, before we get into our study today, we often around here, we like to play a this or that or like little trivia games. Um, But before we do, you know, Ashley, we did grow up with similar values, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. And for any new listeners that may be out there, Ashley and I are first cousins. Mm -hmm. Our moms are sisters. So while we were not raised exactly the same, I would say there were probably a lot of similarities, common values, and things like that. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I would agree. But even with that, there are some things about us that are very different. Yeah. So I put together some questions to ask you, and I just want to see if we agree or disagree. So... Favorite college football team. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) Normally, I would say roll tide, but the tide did not roll. Yeah, and I'm wearing my Georgia (laughs) sweatshirt today because our team did great and really should have been playing in the game that Alabama Probably. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest with you. At the beginning of the year, if you told me that Alabama would even be in the playoffs, I would have said... No. no way. They look terrible. You know? Yeah. So I guess the fact that they made it there, I don't know, but they were awful. Awful. Well, awful. so obviously we do not agree on <laughs> college football team. Um, how do you like your steak cooked? Medium. Medium, I guess, is how I usually get it to medium rare, but usually medium. To medium rare? Well, I used to, a long time ago, we would get it medium rare, but now it's just medium because they started cooking them a little different everywhere you go, but See, I am a medium well to well. No. Like, I want it done. No. Mm -mm. Maybe just slightly pink in the middle, but not red. Not red. At all. Skinny jeans or wide leg jeans? Oh, man. I probably, I I got them on now. I've got my skinny (laughs) jeans on now. (laughs) Well, I like leggings, but I do like a wide leg pant. So I was telling you the other day that Pace got me, so it's cool because Pace goes out and buys us gifts every Christmas, Mm -hmm. and he bought me an outfit, and the jeans that he got were flare jeans, but they're really flare. Like, they're not like the old school flare, like they're skinny down, and then they flare out. Like, these are like the wide leg pants, and I've never had any of those, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I put them on, and I'm kind of like... Oh, do I take these back? Do I keep them? And I was talking to you about it. You're like, oh, I'm sure they're Just so cute. Them. And I'm like, they, they were cute, but I don't know if I look stupid in them or not. But I'm going to keep them and I'll eventually wear them. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see them. We'll see. Um, what would you say if if Aaron were going to take you out on a date, what kind of restaurant would you want to go to? Um, probably any kind of steakhouse, I would say. Like a fancy steakhouse place. I've always wanted to try Frankie's in Duluth, Swanee okay. area. I don't know. What about you? I'm not good about stuff like that, but I'm really a cheap date. <laughs> this is awful, but I love just going to like Outback, and, but I don't get the steak. I get the cheese fries and that's it Outback. because it's so good. <laughs> and not even Longhorn cheese fries. Outback no, cheese fries? Like Outback's better. Oh, no way. That is so funny. That no, is awful. I, when my taste buds were normal, that's what I enjoyed doing was trying out new restaurants. Like I just, yeah. I loved that now that my taste buds are off I can't enjoy a steak so <laughs> I probably would choose I hate that you probably wouldn't Longhorn choose that now <laughs> and chicken tenders I guess now <laughs> no I do like a good steak though I I kid about that because and I, I say that you now. probably I don't like, eat prime rib though do you no I mean I would just do like a sirloin or something filet right yeah 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 but 
I don't know. Just take out out back and get some cheese for us. <laughs> That's why Derek married you. That's right. Because <laughs> I'm cheap. He's cheap too. <laughs> don't know he is. <laughs> he is cheap. That's funny. All right. Well, as you guys can see, Ashley and I, we do love each other dearly. dearly. We have several common bonds that we can definitely agree on, mainly our faith and our love for family. And we like to have a good time yep, too. That's right. But there are still going to be things that we disagree on and we just have to have fun with those things. We can't let those things divide us. Yeah. And that kind of leads us into what we're talking about today. You know, last week we introduced you to our New Year's theme of Focus More in 2024 and our study of 1 Corinthians. And while we are fully expecting Paul to reprimand us along the way too, yeah. um, we do want to focus on what he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And we're going to focus on unity in the church today. One of the things that was an issue at the Church of Corinth is that there were contentions in the church. They were disagreeing on preachers in particular, and that was coming between them and creating disunity among them. Last week, we began our reading in 1 Corinthians. So we're going to pick up where we left off in verses 10 through 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So looking back at verse 10, Paul tells them that they should speak the same thing, what does he mean by this? He reminds them to hold fast to the doctrine of Jesus. And we know that none of us can agree perfectly on everything, even Tabitha and I, where we do agree on a lot of things. Most like things, yeah. You know, we still don't agree on everything. So when he says that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, it means he is urging them to properly restore, mend, or repair that which has come between them so that they can settle controversies to produce harmony and order. And that's ultimately why disagreements and arguing hinder the advancement of the church. Because if we're not unified, our focus is not in sharing the gospel with others, but in continuing to fight to get our way. Another thing to consider is that before Paul can address the sin that has entered the church, as he does later on in this book, they all need to be unified in their faith in Jesus because it's not going to be easy to hear all that he has to say. And the same is true for us. Have you ever heard a sermon that steps on your toes? A little oh, bit. Yeah, nah, <laughs> never, you know. Our first reaction is to get angry. But if we're unified in our love for Jesus and our desire to live for him, then we will listen to what scripture and the man of God has to say and change our ways. I mean, that is so true. I mean, how many times have we heard a sermon and our knee-jerk reaction is just to well, be like, or it's like they're talking about us. Yeah, has, has how do they know about my situation yeah. or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And that's not always the tr you know what's Most true. Most of the time, 
They no. have no idea about your situation. They are, you know, studying and spending yeah. time in prayer. And that's where God has led them. And that's most right. of the time it's for us, you know, yeah. so that we can grow. Marissa Henley wrote, Paul wanted to write to the Corinthians as a passionate pastor who yearned to see them united and thriving as a church that glorified God in obedience to him. As we read letters like 1 Corinthians, we have to remember that Paul wrote to real people like you and me who wrestle with real questions, real relationships, and even real sin in their church. So after 40 years of being in the church, of course, I have experienced some of these same issues within myself and with other people um, where I've had people that were hard for me to love at times, and that's hard to admit, or I struggled to minister to them as I would other people. And sometimes it's just because maybe I've been hurt by them or we've, you know, disagreed on some things. Other times it's just a personality clash. And I think we see that sometimes. Um, There are a couple of instances that stick out in my mind in particular. One is where a lady, um, I felt like a lady in the church was trying to get a little close to my husband. Oh, no. That's never good. (laughs) No, it's not. But it just seemed like she was always cornering him. And then she started doing things like straightening his tie and things like that. Mm -mm. So the righteous indignation, you know, that's what us Christians like to excuse us (laughs) when we get angry about something, but it was building inside of me so much so that I could really hardly worship in the same building as her. Um, Her actions then were now affecting my worship of the Lord. And Mm -hmm. I had to spend a lot of time in prayer over how to handle this situation because I didn't want to pour gas on a fire that was already brewing inside of me. It wasn't long that the Lord handled the situation for me when this family moved, and I've since resolved the issues within my heart. But I share this because that's how easy things can begin. Mm -hmm. So often we want to take situations like this to other people and pull them into our own drama rather than praying over it. And if we need to, you know, we should sit down with that person. But Derek often says that most disagreements and hurts, especially within the church, can be settled through communication. But most of the time, not always, things will get resolved if we just go to the person who we're hurt at in love and just work it out with them. But we don't want to do that a lot of times. Mm -mm. And the Bible gives us instructions on how to handle situations when we're upset with someone. In Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Jesus says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. So first, go to the person that you have an issue with and talk to them about it. If it continues and they don't listen to you, then take two or three witnesses with you. And if they still don't listen, then you can take it to the church leaders and see if they'll listen then. And if they don't, there's really nothing more that you can do about the situation. But too often what we want to do when we have an issue with someone is either leave the church because we don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation Or two, we will tell everybody about it except the person that we need to talk to. And I think that's a lot of times what happens. That's how gossip and rumors and all kinds of stuff get started. And how churches get divided. And it eventually gets back to the person. Right. And it's probably not even what you originally said. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why don't you just 
and go to the person. And everything sounds worse secondhand than oh, if yeah, you would just, just like go directly to that person. Playing a game of telephone when you were <laughs> yeah. a kid, you know, sitting in that circle. Was it ever yeah. the same message that no, it started with? Exactly. <laughs> I have seen this firsthand too many times in ministry. As a pastor, people will come to my husband, Derek, and tell him their problems with someone in the church with the expectation that Derek is supposed to handle it based on what they have said. So Derek's response is usually, well, have you gone to this person? Have you talked to them? And nine times out of 10, no, I don't want to have to go to them. (laughs) They may not say that, but that's what their actions are showing. They don't want to because it would be uncomfortable. But before you go to your pastor, try and resolve it yourself. And then if there's no resolution... Do exactly what the Bible says. Seek others to go with you as witnesses. Then, if that doesn't work, go to your pastor and see how the church can step in to help or the church leaders can come in and help. But keep in mind, our attitude has a lot to do with if things get resolved. Always lead with love and a heart of reconciliation, if at all possible. As we look back at 1 Corinthians, Paul tells them that they should speak in the same thing and that there should be no divisions among them. They should be joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. As believers, we have the same spirit living within us. So while we won't agree on everything, we can unify on what we have in common, and that's Jesus. When we have divisions within the church, that's dangerous disagreements and divisions will tear churches apart. And we talked a lot about Mm -hmm. that last week. Churches have divided on the style of pulpits, decor in the church, like paint colors and carpet colors, and things like worship styles as in music and much more. And while all of those things are important to each of us, and that's okay, we must examine our own hearts as we talked about last week as well. Is this just a preference or is this biblical? In verse 12, Paul addresses one of the major issues. They were pridefully arguing over whose leader or pastor was better. Have you ever have you ever heard that before? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and let's keep in mind that each of these men were highly respected, honorable men. So it wasn't an issue of them standing against false teachers. Some preferred Paul, who was the founder of the church at Corinth. Others, Apollos, who was a friend of Paul. He was very knowledgeable of scripture and spoke well. Cephas, who we know to be Peter in other scriptures. Cephas or Peter, as you'll recall, was a disciple of Jesus and established the early church. So as you can see, these were three amazing men that were highly respected. The church at Corinth would have been blessed to sit under any of their preaching, but there was no reason for them to argue over who was better or bragging who they were saved under. It's also important to note that none of these men were feeding into this. Paul, Apollos, or Peter had not baited any of the people or told them to stand with them alone. As any good men of God would, they were appointing the people of Corinth to Jesus. And how cool would it have been to sit under any of them? Well, that's what I was thinking (laughs) is like, I mean, if Paul had come to be your pastor or Peter Peter. in particular, you know, Mm -hmm. because those are the two that really just stick out in our minds. Yeah. That, you know, it would have been an honor to sit underneath them. So you can see why they would have been excited about, well, I was saved when Peter came through or I was saved when Paul came through. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Almost some sort of bragging right yes. because of who it was, of who know. it was. And we still see that sometimes, we do, you know? Yeah. So, all, you know, that's important just to remember also is that 
they were not baiting this. Right. You know, this wasn't because Paul and Peter were against one another. This was all the people that were doing mm-hmm. this. But as you said, what an honor it would have been to see any of these men preaching and to glean from their wisdom. But we all have to remember we're on the same team. It's not my church against their church. It's also not me against you. It's not this pastor against that pastor. However, the difference would be if they were clinging to the teachings of a false teacher. And that would be an instance where you would would speak up and you would talk against that. But that was not the situation that was going on here in 1 Corinthians. In verse 13, Paul says, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul's telling them he wasn't the one that died for them. It was Jesus. It's Mm -hmm. all about Jesus. Not Paul, not Apollos, not Peter. It's all about Jesus. He's the one that gave his life for you. I didn't do that, and we need to understand this today. We can get caught up in believing our pastor is the best, and don't get me wrong. You should like him. You should enjoy his teaching, and his teaching should be sound. But you're not against your Christian friends who may enjoy the leadership of another sound pastor. We're in this together. One commentator said, was Paul crucified for you? This question implies that the crucifixion of Jesus had an influence in saving them, which the sufferings of no other could have, and that those sufferings were in fact the peculiarity which distinguished the work of Christ and rendered it of so much value. The atonement was the grand crowning work of the Lord Jesus. It was through this that all the Corinthian Christians had been renewed and pardoned. That work was so preeminent that it could not have been performed by another. And I find verse 14 <laughs> so funny. Every time I read it, I laugh because when I, I feel read like it, there's I almost a, laughed. Yes. But he like says a sarcasm, like a funny. That's exactly what I hear. Like, I feel like Paul's tone was very sar- sarcastic. He says, I thank God that I baptized none of you but Christmas and Gaius. It's funny to me that a missionary, you know, the guy that should be excited to see souls saved and then followers of Jesus baptized, say, I'm glad I wasn't the one who baptized you. But what Paul is doing is just simply making a point here that if he had baptized any of them, then they would have been bragging and dividing about that. But because he didn't baptize them, they can't brag about that. You know, so there would be even more division if he had been the ones to baptize. And Paul then says in verse 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Paul's mission was to preach Christ to them and nothing more. His job while he was at Corinth was to point them to Jesus. This verse is also one that would remind us that it's through the preaching and receiving of the gospel that saves us. Baptism is a next step of obedience, but baptism is not what saves us. We often share this verse from Romans 10, 9 that says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Baptism is an ordinance of the church and something that the saved should do to obey the Lord, but our salvation is not found in baptism, nor is it based on who baptized us. We can get too prideful in our church or church leaders. And we see it sometimes based on the size of the church that we attend. We a lot of times can get caught up in basing the importance of our church on how many attend. You know, something because their congregations have hundreds or thousands, that must mean that their pastor has a greater anointing or power. Yeah. 
We've also seen it on the other side of the spectrum where pastors preach and teach that the only way churches see large numbers in attendance is because they're compromising on their standards. But ultimately, we must remember that if they're not against us, in other words, if they're not teaching a false doctrine, then we're, we can all be unified on the gospel of Christ and celebrate one another rather than arguing among ourselves because that, that doesn't do anyone any good. And I often hear yeah. a lot of preachers talk about, you know, we all are the church. It's not this church, that church. We right. all are the church. And I think sometimes that is an issue because we're, we do act all divided within our communities and we're not mm-hmm. coming together and helping our communities and stuff like we used to. Exactly. I mean, and I, I see it all the time, you know, like you'll hear people talk about their pastor and I think yeah. that that's great. Like he is the leader of your church. You should have respect for that's him, right. but you know, he is no better. He may make more money. He may have right. a larger congregation, but there are so many faithful pastors that are serving in little small country yeah. churches somewhere that are ministering to their group of people. Yep. I heard someone say the other day, you know, he was talking about his dad was a pastor of um, a church that was very conservative. And I don't say that in a derogatory mm-hmm. way in any way. Um, where a church that he went to was a little bit different, probably a little more liberal in some of maybe the way they dressed and things like that. And he said, but the great thing is, is where my dad pastored, um, those people would never come to a church like mine. So he Mm. was able to minister there. But then also those people that go to his church would never never go go to the other church, you know. So there's different styles. There's different ways of doing things. And listen, there is a balance. You've got to make sure that your church is following the leadership of Scripture, that they're not doing anything contradictory to Scripture. But at the end of the day, preferences, you know, it's really cool that we have options, yeah. you know, on the style of music that we like. Or, Even the style of preaching, because there's so right. many different styles of preaching. And there one, are some that are harder. There yeah. are some that are more teacher teaching type preaching. And, and they're going to all reach different people, right? you know, and that's what it's about. It's about being able mm-hmm. to reach different people. I mean, I go to some of these smaller churches that Aaron preaches at, and the spirit in those churches to have just a few, yeah. to not have the most amazing music, I feel the spirit every time I go and it's just some of the sweetest people and just the sweetest spirit in a church where I could go into one that has the greatest music and everything's all boom, boom, boom and lined up and perfect. And I feel nothing, nothing. Yeah. You know, so just because the the size doesn't matter. Well, and I remember when we, and I know I referenced this a lot, but when we went to Africa and um, we attended their Sunday service and way different than what we would ever experience here in America. But, you know, just even the way that they would express gratitude towards the Lord, um, dancing and things like that, that we would never do, but that's part of their culture. Mm -hmm. But they were all, it was all done in worship to the Lord. Like it wasn't done in a way that was flashy, that they were trying to gain um, like, look at me. Yeah. It was done in a way that this is how they They all worship. worship the Lord. Yeah. And it was just beautiful to see a different style of worship. Yeah, just because it's not what you're used to doesn't mean it's wrong. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the purpose for the teaching today? Matthew Henry said, Agreement in the greater things should extinguish divisions about the lesser. And while we're busy 
arguing over petty things, there is a world who is watching us, a world that does not know Jesus. And our ultimate goal and desire as Christians should be to point others to the Savior of the world. Steve Python said, preaching on unity doesn't unify a church. Preaching Jesus unifies a church, and that's powerful. We can tell you all day long to be unified, but without telling you how, nothing will be accomplished. So just like Paul did, let's go back to the beginning of 1 Corinthians and find common ground. In verse 2, he said, Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. He goes on in verses 4 through 9 to remind them of the grace that has been given to them of God by Jesus Christ, and that the testimony of Christ was confirmed in them. Before Paul ever began condemning them for their sin and disunity, he reminded them of their commonality, and that is that they are given grace through their salvation in Christ. And we too, despite our differences, can find common ground on the fact that we love Jesus, we are saved, and we are given more grace than we ever deserve. And that's the purpose of today's teaching. Amen. So true. Thank God for his mercy and grace. Absolutely. So what's the challenge for this week? You know, I was just thinking, how boring would this world be if we all like the exact same stuff? Truth. The yeah. same decor, all of our houses were mm-hmm. were um, decorated the exact same way. If we all listen to the exact same music or artist, if we all like the exact same preacher, first of all, we'd never get a seat at church <laughs> if everyone attended the same place. Yep. Um, I'd never find the decor that I want if everyone was buying up the same stuff. I could never get a ticket to a concert if every single person wanted to go. Diversity in the church is good as well. And later in Corinthians, we'll get into more specifics. But what would happen if we all wanted to lead the singing and no one wanted to teach or everyone wanted to lead and no one wanted to follow? So a good thing for us to remember is to celebrate our differences. But if we find it hard to get along with another Christian, come together on what you can agree on. Our love and appreciation for Jesus and the sacrifice he made for all of us so that we can be saved through faith. And that is truly something to celebrate and rejoice over. I think that is something that we all can take to heart and learn from. Absolutely. So Tapha, will you just close us out in a word of prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today where we thank you, God, for this teaching in 1 Corinthians. And God, I pray that you would just help us to remain unified in our churches. God, because we will never be effective for the kingdom of God if we are bickering and fighting over petty little things. But help us to come together on the big thing, that we love you, that we are thankful for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us and for the salvation that you have given all of us so that we can one day go to heaven and be with you. Lord, we thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you read through 1 Corinthians so you can keep up with us and study along as we do these podcasts each week. Come back next week as we continue through. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 1. We're going to finish out 1 Corinthians 1 next week. Remember, as always, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.